The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the new edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I'm here with our co-host, Spetcher the Wizard Grossinger. And welcome to the all-star edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. Let's get started with a highlight review of the Home Run Derby. Jonas Cespedes, less than three years from Cuba, wins the Derby going away. Yeah, um, it's nice to be back on the show again. Spencer Grossinger, your co-host here. And, uh, yeah, Jonas Cespedes really put on a show um, for the New York crowd. Uh, the Cuban-born baseball player who's only, I think, 22 years old. Um, really just an incredible performance. He just really displayed his power, his physical physique. Physique. Um, definitely helped him um, with getting the ball out of there. Uh, just a tr- he's just really a, a tremendous competitor, and he he told his uh, pitching his pitcher that he was assigned that uh, he probably actually picked out his pitcher, but he wanted the ball down. He wanted it low in the zone so he can uh, so he could kind of hit down on the ball and um, and really power through the golf ball and, and, and you know or, or through the baseball, I should say. And uh, it was kind of like a golf swing that yeah you this had and it was really effective for the home run derby but just a really entertaining night city field right now doing a very solid job of being the venue and being the host for all these all-star festivities so it was definitely just a boatload of fun to watch on tv also going to the national league we had bryce harper 20 year old phenom for the washington nationals it was nice to see his dad pitching to him so there were two actually father-son combinations of the Canoes and also the Harpers and Ron Harper is used to pitching to his son and they say you know they'd always go out they'd go to Vegas and they would pitch he'd pitch for like two hours at a time and um, and Harper looked really good he had a left-handed stroke he made it into the finals turned out he had eight total uh, home runs in the finals and Cespedes just had a ton of momentum and won it with nine home runs, and he had five outs to spare. So, having watched a lot of these, it's a fun ex. It's a it's an exhibition. A lot of money goes to charity, and uh, one of the things I like, you know, a lot of all star games in sports are you can't even watch them. You know, like the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the uh, you look at the Hockey All Star Game, and this is one All Star Game that really means something because uh, tomorrow. After this show goes to air, the team that wins will actually have home field advantage in the World Series. And I think that's kind of good because it gives meaning to the All-Star game. Yeah, well, um, this definitely, you definitely bring up an interesting segue into a, into a conversation that I'd like to have, um, which is which all-star game of professional sports, which which venue um, do you happen to prefer? And I love the, the Home Run Derby is fantastic. I absolutely love that exhibition. Um, it totally makes sense for the game's um, best home run hitters to get out there, and everybody loves the long ball. So the Home Run Derby is definitely, such an effective way to, to commemorate the season um, the halfway point of the season and then the all-star game I definitely have a big issue with um, it representing the home field throughout the playoffs because one I like to see the players more loose I don't like to see um, each player have to be so competitive and I don't like the pressure that goes into it and then two 
I don't think it's fair to the two teams that happen to make the World Series that their fate is left in the hands of all-stars that are just at the event for the first time. And I think that that's way too much pressure for the managers and everybody involved. I mean, so that's just my take on it. I think it's completely unfair and, and doesn't make any sense really um, to the two. It doesn't relate at all to the two teams that make the World Series. Um, I know the game is more competitive, so that I guess like the fans might enjoy that aspect of it. And it's not just, you know, a free for all or it's not just guys half going through the motions and giving 50 percent. But I'm actually have to admit I'm not in favor of doing that for the World Series teams because I think it should go to the best record of the team together. Well, you stole my thunder. Um, That was exactly my thought that the team that wins the most games should have the home field advantage. So I I totally agree with you. And not that there's any pressure. It's just an all-star game. But they're trying to lend meaning to something that really is just an exhibition. And, um, you know, teams play, you know, a lot of games, 162 games. So their fate shouldn't be determined by, you know, 95% of people not even on their team. And uh, just to segue into your question, your question was, what aspects of All-Star Games do you enjoy the most? Well, one that I always enjoy is the slam dunk contest. However, in the last few years, I've been a little disappointed because the best players in the game have refrained from entering the slam dunk contest. LeBron James wasn't in it. And um, I remember back in the day with Julius Irving, you know, this is a long time ago, Spence. He, uh, he won by taking off from the foul line and jamming, and that's that's one of the classic slam dunks. Also, obviously, Michael Jordan. And there was a time when the best stars actually participated, but now uh, Charles Barkley, who's always very honest, he said that you know there's no you can't even recognize the players, and and he's kind of sarcastic because he's the guy broadcasting the game. Yeah. Um, you look at the slam dunk contest. I, I had a great segment earlier this year um, with Brendan Kaminsky, and he's a close friend of mine. And uh, we had a really nice conversation. And uh, part of what I think the slam dunk contest needs to improve is that I think it needs to go back to having judges actually score the bout. I think that having Twitter and having fans out there, it doesn't really give it a a real kind of vibe to it you kind of have all these randoms calling in and i know that it's the 21st century and we have to become progressive with technology but i I don't think that fans sitting at home really have the intelligence of nba legends and i kind of loved when barkley shack um you had and you had like guys like Julius Irving, Michael Jordan, Hakeem Olajuwon, legends of the slam dunk contest would actually sit down and and talk to you about critiquing the dunk. They'd say, hey, I love that dunk. Hey, that was really creative. So they'd actually give instructions to these players and would actually critique it. And, you know, the real player, the prima donnas, are, you know, the players in basketball, because they always they always want to get paid for doing things. And I guess that's that's part of being good, good businessman. But at the same time, you want to give back to the fans. So absolutely, we should just have judges cut out with the social media stuff. Um, go back to the old-fashioned way with that. Um, and then again, you know, um, we should have the best players in the game doing the dunks more. Just just throw more eggs into that basket. You know, I want to have more dedication. Um, I want there to be planning on the dunks. And it's tough because dunks have already been done. Um, but that's definitely my spiel about the NBA with football it's definitely the toughest sport to have an all-star game for NFL the Pro Bowl I agree with having it one week before the Super Bowl um, so that players can then so that the Super Bowl can commend you could take out the season uh, take us out on a good note um, one thing I would definitely add that I want to get across to you is I would definitely have an NFL skills competition definitely throwing it through um, definitely throwing the ball through circles and targets for quarterbacks 40 yard dashes punt returns for offensive linemen spice it up and have a skills competition day either in Hawaii or Miami would be great Well, this, uh, this segment's going by quickly, but I want to give a preview to the next segment. There's a lot going on in the NBA. 
Dwight Howard sweepstakes over. We'll discuss the winner and the implications for a lot of teams. You also want to talk about Summer League. Uh, my co-host, Spencer Grossinger, probably watches more NBA Summer League than anybody. It's one of his uh, one of his hobbies, one of his fortes. So we just covered a little bit of uh, Home Run Derby. We've got a big segment coming up on the NBA, and then we've got some sports medicine. I want to thank all the listeners for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc. I want to thank, thank Ray Ellis, the director Voice America Sports, and of course, the president, Jeff Spinard. We enjoy the privilege of being on your air. We'll be back in three minutes. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. This is a steamy, humid summer. And we bring you an addition on Round Ball. Let's talk firstly, Spencer, about Dwight Howard. There was a lot of drama going in. And teams were making their pitch for him, primarily the Lakers, putting up billboards, meeting with him, Houston Rockets. What ultimately happened? What happened was that Dwight Howard and Kobe Bryant just butted heads the whole season. And, you know, Kobe has a lot of pride and he likes to be the team leader. And to be honest, my my opinion is that Kobe Bryant deserves this. He's a five-time world champion. He he's a clear-cut Hall of Famer, and he's de- and I think he's the second best player in the 21st century to LeBron James. And in terms of talent, being clutch, his jump shot, even as he's gotten older, he's just he's just one of the best workhorses that this game has ever seen and he's just a very powerful personality and that's what makes him a winner and a champion Kobe Bryant but when Dwight Howard got there he's very used to having Dwight Howard's upbringing and uh, his time with the Magic he was used to being the guy the man and then he was displeased when the Lakers got Mike D'Antoni instead of Phil Jackson to come in because Phil Jackson um, really I think would have been able to kind of converse Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard and kind of get them to be on the same page a little bit more and kind of have a more um, complete relationship or a relationship that wasn't as uh, you know that wasn't as as hostile I guess as a word is I don't think it was hostile but um, they really butted heads a lot and uh, the word I'm looking for was a turbulent 
relationship that Kobe had with Dwight. So Dwight definitely wanted a fresh start. He goes to Houston now. And what I see in Houston is a championship team in the making. They have two great, they have one really solid young player in Chandler Parsons coming out of Florida. He's six foot eight, has a terrific jump shot, and definitely has a lost art in the NBA, which is a mid-range game. So Chandler Parsons out of Florida really developing into a 16-point scorer. You then have Jeremy Lin, who's quick, proved he can run the point guard position, can handle the ball. He's a good passer, can hit the long ball if needed, could really get into the lane, make some plays happen. But James Harden is the clear-cut all-star. Him and Dwight Howard together on one floor, that's what's really going to be special. Harden and, and Howard are friends, and I think that they're more in the same point of their careers right now. You know, you look at Harden, he's a very easygoing guy. I don't think he's really one of the more vocal leaders in the NBA. Even though he is a good leader, he's not to the level that Kobe Bryant is. He's not as demanding. He doesn't like things all his way. So he's a more easygoing personality as a leader. He's just a different type of leader that I think that Dwight will be able to handle. And then you have McHale. McHale is a great NBA mind, very smart. And I think that McHale and Dwight will have a pretty solid relationship. McHale cares a lot about defense during his time with Boston. He was one of the grittier players in the league, you know, with Havlicek, Larry Bird, um, you know, back in the 80s with the Celtics, uh, McHale. So I definitely think it's a good move. The the match, the, um, Dallas Mavericks were definitely into getting Dwight as well, but you look at the Mavericks and, and OJ Mayo left, Jason Kidd is left, Terry. They only have Dirk really that's in um, Dallas, and they're going to totally go into rebuilding mode there um, in Dallas. So Houston was definitely the move from the standpoint of trying to win a championship as soon as possible, and they have the pieces there. And if Ashik stays, um, they really have a chance to become a special, special team and can compete in the Western Conference immediately. Dallas would have been a project, even though Mark Cuban is a very special, I mean, he's a very special general manager, would do a lot for Dwight um, and is very aggressive as a general manager. I think he's fantastic, but Houston has more pieces together, and I think James Harden and Dwight are friends. So that that's kind of the whole, that's kind of my whole angle on the Dwight. Um, well, one of the interesting subplots this week is one of my least favorite players, Andrew Bynum. Personally, I feel that he crippled the Sixers. We did everything for him. We actually had a party for him at the convention center. And you know what? He spent more time at Lucky Strikes Bowling. He never once apologized to the city for not playing. I don't really think he has his heart in basketball and he he took a lot of money he took 16 million dollars from the Sixers we also lost a first round draft pick it's a really good young players and you know what I always say uh fool fool you once shame on you fool you once shame on me so I know the Cleveland Cavaliers signed him to a two-year deal six millions guaranteed Spence you realize how much money $6 million is? It's, it's an incredible amount. And I know, looking at Bynum's knees, not having seen the films personally, they are very degenerated. He's had many, many surgeries going back to high school. And I just don't think he's motivated to play. He did, he did practice at all with the Sixers. And you know what? It reminds me a little bit of Chris, Chris Weber. When he came to the Sixers, didn't play at all. He was just going to movies, was going through the motions. All of a sudden, the playoffs came. They traded to Detroit, and he played the whole playoffs. So that, that I'm very resentful to Chris Webber because he dogged it in Philly. Well, I think Bynum dogged it here in Philly, too. And he's going to Cleveland. He's not going to L.A. or New York where there's going to be a lot of pressure. And I think he's going to dog it in Cleveland also. And I just think he's a dog. And... Uh, you know, I think these athletes should leave it out all the time. I mean, you look at a guy like Ryan Howard, the exact opposite. He played games. He played almost a month on a torn meniscus. Now, that, that guy admittedly strikes out uh, on a lot of breaking balls and, and isn't having the best year. And his body's wearing out. But you know what? I give Howard credit because he's a gamer. He's a man. And uh, I think Bynum... 
uh, g- good riddance to him. And uh, Cleveland, you know, is uh, kind of a forlorn place with respect to winning. And uh, I feel bad for them. First off, it was Cleveland's decision to get Andrew Bynum. You look at $6 million, and as an NBA, to a normal guy, to the average guy, it's a ton of money, $6 million. But to these NBA players, especially a guy who's a, who's a all-star center in Andrew Bynum, you saw um, up close and personal over the last couple of years what he did with the Los Angeles Lakers. He was a force with Pau Gasol. He helped them win the championship in 2009. Um, he's a guy who the Sixers really went out and got buying him because he's a huge body down low. He could play solid defense. His, he could score with either hand. So he definitely has a lot of talent. I looked at this move from Cleveland as a low risk, high reward. Because if they get buying him to even step on the floor, he's going to add a presence defensively matching up with Verizhao. You have Irving. You have Bennett there. Um, you have um, Dion Waiters who ended up being a very solid rookie in terms of offensive production. So for Cleveland... I actually think this was a, a smart decision for Cleveland because if Bynum turns out to not play and sort of show the same traits that he did in Philadelphia with his personality and with the injuries that he's coping with, then Cleveland definitely got a decent deal for him, though. The Sixers definitely overpaid for Bynum. He didn't even step on the floor. One frustrating thing that, that I feel really for the Sixers fans is that Bynum didn't really communicate with the media. He wasn't really in touch with his progression. You didn't hear a lot of team doctors talking about, oh, Andrew has been working very hard on his rehabilitation. He knew he was getting paid a lot of money, and he didn't seem to be rehabbing that hard, and he didn't even like to talk to the media about how he was rehabbing. It looked like he didn't want to play. And I mean, if you're earning that much money, you maybe you're not as motivated to to play basketball if you've been doing it for your whole life who who really knows you know if you were getting that much money bruce um now even though you have a lot of integrity pride towards basketball would you still be playing or would your motivation be less and another question to you is that now you're going to Cleveland you got all this backlash and all this negative media which you which you also kind of deserve because you didn't try hard during your rehabilitation period if he goes to Cleveland you can prove people wrong so you know what do you think about that sort of angle you're getting paid a lot of money is it easier to kind of sit back well, I think if you have integrity and you're a professional, obviously, you know, if, if he feels he just can't play, it, you know, there are people who just retire because they know they can't play. So if his doctors tell him that he can't play it, he didn't play it all last year, couldn't even rehab it. You know, what I think ethically, he should just retire. But to take $6 million, if he knows in his heart that he's not going to play, I think it's really... Uh, it, it's it's morally bankrupt to take money um, just because you can doesn't make it right also I'd like to talk a little bit about Jason Kidd one of our favorite players age 40 new head coach for Brooklyn Nets he has Lawrence Frank who's really there as a coach the backstop for him and I think that Brooklyn should be a very exciting team and that was the goal of the billionaire from Russia who uh, who really put Brooklyn on the map and I think you're going to see some great rivalry games between the Nets and of course the New York Knicks talk about Jason Kidd how's he going to do as a coach and let's talk about the Nets a little bit yeah um, that's definitely probably the most intriguing story of this year, and it's pretty rare to see Jason Kidd um, out there as a head coach at only 40, and he's coaching guys that are up there in the late 30s in Garnett, Paul Pierce, um, Jason Terry. He has a lot of veterans on that on that basketball team. He has Darren Williams. He still has Brooke Lopez. So they have a very talented starting five there. They have Joe Johnson. So they really kept their free agents, and right now, they really put all their eggs really in one basket because they're all aging players. So they have a span of about this year. Definitely this year they have a shot to make a run. Their goal is to win an NBA championship, of course, like it is every team. 
But then after this year, realistically, they're going to have to really rebuild with Jason Kidd. So this year, really, they have all their eggs in one basket. I just think it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, think about this. Jason Kidd and Paul Pierce in the early 2000s, I grew up watching them battle grit for grit on the floor, and they were big rivals. Celtics Nets, man, Eastern Conference Championships back in 01-02, those were feisty battles, man. Antoine Walker, Van Horn, McCullough, um, Terry Kittles, those were classic rivalry games, and now you see these two once-to-be rivals, and now they're working together, and Kid's a head coach, so it just shows how intelligent Kid is. I'm a huge fan of him. He's always had his head on his shoulders, always a very professional guy, and a very classy NBA pro that people around the league really like and respect. And I'm really excited for Kid. And it takes a lot for Lawrence Frank because you look at the personality. He was a head coach of the Nets uh, back in Kid's heyday in the early 2000s. He was an assistant coach with the Nets for a couple years, um, you know, last year. And now he's taking a back seat to his uh, to his young you know, once player that he coached and he's really unselfish, you know, putting off and not being the head guy and being an assistant coach. So it shows a lot about Lawrence Frank's personality, how unselfish he is and willing to groom with Jason Kidd. I'm just so excited to see how Jason does. It's so fun looking at him on the sidelines and I give credit to Prokhorov and Jay-Z and all the guys at the New Jersey because they're doing something that no one has really done before here, having such a young player go right out of the league to coaching and I hope this risk really pays off and you look at guys like Peyton Manning in the NFL Derek Jeter, Rasheed Wallace is even a head coach now for Detroit so you're seeing guys that were an assistant coach right to Mochik so you're seeing these guys starting younger at the head coaching position it's very exciting and I think this could be an upcoming trend in sports of seeing these guys so you look one more point is that let's talk about a little bit of rivalries you talk about rivalries in the AFC Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Imagine Peyton Manning coaching Tom Brady in a couple of years. That's kind of how I compare the kid and Pierce dynamic. So it's just incredible stuff right there in New Jersey. Yeah. Well, we certainly made up for a short first segment. We really uh, hit you with a lot of NBA stuff. And I know the, uh, the producer happy we even things out. So we're right up against the break. More Bruce the Sports Doc back in three minutes. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and we have a medical practice in the tri-state area, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. So if you have any problem with concussions, neck, back injury, sports injuries, traumatic injuries of any sort, give us a call. In Pennsylvania, 610-521-6063, or in Delaware, 302-636-0920. We're happy to to get you right in, 
and uh, take care of you. We're in midsummer right now. A lot of exciting stuff. I'd like to get a little bit towards college football. An intriguing guy, Johnny Manziel. They call him Johnny Football. Making a lot of headlines in the wrong way. Newsflash. This week it came out that Johnny went to Louisiana to participate in the Peyton Eli Manning quarterback camp. Academy. Academy, whatever. And the fact is, he didn't show up at meetings. He missed appointments. He, he didn't do what he had to do. And he was asked to leave the camp. Rumors are that he was partying too much, that he was whatever, drinking, uh, staying out too late. And the story hasn't come out, but there's going to be a news conference at the SEC. Uh, He's going to be coming out on Wednesday, and he's going to be facing 20 full-time reporters, and he's not going to be able to hide. A lot of other things came out this offseason about him wanting to take all of his classes online. Uh, I believe it's College Station is is the town of uh, Texas A&M, and his disdain for fame and his desire to stay out of the limelight and the fact he can't go anywhere without getting mobbed. And he's only a 20-year-old kid. So certainly a lot of controversy since he won the Heisman Trophy. Spencer, what are your thoughts on Johnny Football? Well, just as a just as a young sports fan, I mean, Johnny Football is one of the most intriguing characters in sport right now. You know, athletes and personalities that the college game has really seen in a long time. I mean, he's really up to date with Twitter. He has a great Twitter feed. Um, he talks a lot about other sports. He's a huge sports fan and a huge rap fan. And he, you know, on his Instagram page, he's just a guy who's really living it up right now. Ever since he won the Heisman, you've seen him take pictures with Drake, Wallace. The guys from Duck Dynasty. Um, you even saw him go to the Rangers game throughout the first pitch. The guy has had a heck of a summer. I'd love to be in Johnny Football shoes because he just is out there and he doesn't care what people think. He meets Chris Paul. He met James Harden. So he's out there just meeting whatever celebrity he can. And truthfully, as a young kid, I have the exact same aspirations. And who doesn't, as a young kid in America, who doesn't want to go out there and meet their heroes and meets famous celebrities like Jimmy Tatro and like all these people he's meeting on Instagram posting pictures front row at games he's had to face a lot of those questions like is he getting paid by Texas A&M illegally to attend these games because he's always tweeting dad about first row seats for the NBA finals Spurs game so every sporting event Manziel pretty much um, has access to Um, and I'm really rooting for Manziel because a lot of people think that and I guess now they have uh, evidence that he was drinking and he's 20 years old. He's not 21 yet, so that's still technically illegal in the United States to be drinking alcoholic beverages. But the thing about Manziel is that even though he's partying a lot, even though people say he's too big for A&M, I do believe partly what he says is true that um, he's getting mobbed in class. And that would make sense. He's the most famous athlete ever to set foot on uh, A&M's campus. And he went from really an unknown uh, redshirt friend freshman to a uh, national icon in a span of nine months it's absolutely incredible stuff Uh, he can't even believe it when I hear his interview he's a nice young kid he's really focused I just really hope for Manziel um, that he's one of these athletes that knows when to buckle down right now he he made a mistake he should own up to that mistake not lie about it and I think if he has a good year at A&M and possibly goes for a national championship run I think people will forget it once he starts playing football but a lot of people I think are jealous of Manziel for meeting these celebrities because everybody would like to be in his shoes and a lot of people think that he's out there party he's egotistical but I really think Manziel is just a guy who's taking the most out of life living it each day by day and I just hope he's able to overcome these critics settle down and play football and I have confidence that Manziel knows that he could play hard, but he also knows when the 
it's time to work hard. And that's a valuable lesson for everybody out there is you definitely should play hard, but the, but the, you got to separate having fun and you got to separate when it's time to be serious about your profession. And for, for Johnny, that's really has to be football and everything. So I really hope the best for him. He seems like a really nice kid. I think he's going to turn it around. But what do you think, Bruce, about, about Johnny Manziel? Well, he's a young kid. He's 20 years old. I agree you have to cut him some slack. He's made some mistakes. He's apologized this week. The inference is he was doing something. <clears throat> you know, he said he was sick, and, you know, you wonder how sick he could be. But you look at him and you wonder, what is his future? Is, gonna, is he going to be like a Doug Flutie? Doug Flutie was like 5'10", played for Boston College, one of the best players in history, but didn't really have much of a pro career. Played a lot in the Canadian Football League, played as a backup for the Chicago Bears, never really got over the top. But yet you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, who's 5'10", plays for the Seahawks, and we're talking about small quarterbacks. He's just, you look at Drew Brees, six feet tall. So you wonder, Menzel, you look at him, he's fast. You know, he's, he's one of the fastest, most elusive quarterbacks I've seen. So much of what you see is just being able to run past people. And we know about speed. As people get older, they lose a little bit of speed. And running quarterbacks, there hasn't been a running quarterback win a Super Bowl ever. So he is kind of a hybrid. He does have a great knack, sense of timing. He can scramble. He can, he can certainly throw the ball. Has I think he has a, a mid-range arm, not the strongest arm, not the weakest. Just had a knack for winning. He's an intriguing, exciting player. I think there'll be a lot of defensive players gunning for him because of his celebrity. And if you look at the comments about him, I'd say 80% of them are negative. There's a lot of disdain for him. He's thought of as being a brash person, a little egotistical. And um, I think a lot of people are not rooting for him. A lot because of the offseason, not only because of the Manning thing, but also he had an arrest about a year ago. You know, something that could happen where he had three different IDs with three different dates of birth. So not the smartest thing in the world, kind of the thing you'd expect from a 19 year old kid. Well, you look at Johnny Manziel and again, I think that that dislike, Bruce, I just think it comes from people being jealous of, of him meeting all these superstars. Uh, jealousy is not a good trait, but at the same time, would I like to have Johnny Football's track record of meeting these celebrities? Absolutely, yes, 100%. I look at Johnny Manziel. Sometimes I think at night, you know, as I'm just like reading a book, watching Netflix, if I could be out there going to like the Clippers game and hanging out with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul or going to a Wale album party in New Orleans, going to the Super Bowl, of course, of course I would like to do those things that Manziel's doing. So a lot of kids, you know, are out there and a lot of people like to hate on Manziel just because he just caught lightning in a bottle this past year and just had a terrific season and just because he plays football and meeting these celebrities. So I definitely think a lot of hate, a lot of this comes from that he has a lot of fun and he loves to post his pictures on Instagram all the time with people and a lot of people think that's egotistical, but I don't. I just think it's a kid having fun and a kid who's deserved the right to meet celebrities and he's trying to learn from them because he's really taken on that kind of role. And I think every 19-year-old kid wants to go out there and pitch um, the opening pitch for a Rangers game. So um, about Manziel, he doesn't have as strong as arm as Kaepernick, um, and Russell Wilson has a, has a strong arm. Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville has a stronger arm than Manziel. Um, I think that Manziel's going to have to learn. One f- critique I do have of Manziel is that he needs to really work on the velocity of of his sideline route passes because he, he has to really rely on placing the ball in tight wind. And I really think that Manziel needs to get more velocity on his throws because it looks like at times he's kind of guiding the ball instead of really holding it and ripping it like a Wilson will do. And and I sort of think that needs to come down to quarterback tech of just stronger, of getting stronger hands, really gripping the ball better. That's one thing I look at Manziel. Sometimes he carries the ball too loosely. Um, and I think that could be a developing problem, you know, but as he goes forward. But this year, it'll be so much fun. He's, you definitely see him put in the work with Whitfield.
field out in San Diego, the quarterback guru who groomed Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger. So he's definitely surrounded by the right people. Just a terrific story. Never get tired of talking really about Johnny Football. Why don't you end up this? I want to thank everybody for listening to the third segment of Bruce the Sports Talk. Got a great fourth segment coming. We'll be back in three minutes. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I, would t- I want to touch upon some sports medicine. Firstly, tragedy has struck the Philadelphia Phillies. On a freak hit batsman, Ben Revere, who was one of the hottest hitters in the league, broke a bone in his right foot. And most of the time, when people break bones, they need to be casted and they take it's usually about a one to three week problem. In this case, I haven't seen the x-rays and I haven't heard the details. But as we go to press here, Ben Revere is going to need surgery. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. And it looks like the Phillies are going to be in a buying mode. They're going to be looking to pick up a center fielder. Give you an update on Ryan Howard. Good news. His left knee was scoped. He had a small meniscal tear that was repaired. Essentially, they didn't find as much damage as was evident on the MRI. He should be back in approximately five to six weeks. So as we talk about recovery of different types of joint injuries, an arthroscopic repair of a knee, uh, people could cut back very quickly. Unlike the shoulder, the shoulder's a different kind of joint. And when people have shoulder surgery, as in Roy Halliday, they usually miss months, and the rehabilitation is very slow. So we certainly wish Ryan Howard well. They're missing his power. And as a Phillies fan, as we hit the All-Star break, the Phillies have kind of risen from the dead. They're only six and a half games out of first place in the NL East, and they're only five and a half games out of the wild card in the National League. So it looks like Ruben Amaro is not going to be unloading people, and he's going to be more of a buyer than a seller. One of the more shocking and sad stories of the summer season deals with number former number 81 of the Patriots, and the news keeps getting worse. We try to give you weekly updates on Aaron Hernandez, and... The evidence, of course, everybody's innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. 
But in this case, to give you an update, Hernandez was indicted for murder, first-degree murder, for murdering his friend Odin Young. And there are two witnesses who were out with him that night. Both of them have been arrested. And apparently one has given up information that he has a safe house or what they call a flop house, and they found evidence there. They found the same apparent hat and sweatshirt that was worn during the murder. They also found shells, you know, uh, unspent bullets that matched the ballistics of the killing. And this was a house that not many people knew about. There's also the word that there was a double drive-by murder about a year or two ago, and Aaron Hernandez may have a role in that. Robert Kraft came out and apologized. He said he was duped by Hernandez, that he seemed like a very sincere person. And you have to wonder why a talent like Hernandez would fall to the fourth round. There was certainly talk about him being associated with marijuana in college, but there there was more to it than that. And a uh, really tragic story when Aaron Hernandez had everything in the world and he went out and apparently threw it all away. Want to switch gears? We football addicts are always following what goes on in the off season. And this has been, after the draft, it's really been a lull after the OTAs. And in one week, we'll have our rookies going to training camps all around the league. Just had the opportunity to uh, see Shady McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, running back for the Eagles and chat with him a bit last night. Essentially, uh, I can tell you, he's in great shape. He's looking real lean and cut. And he's really excited about the new season. He said it's really an adjustment. It's really a fast pace to play under Chip Kelly. You virtually all get a break. And I, I, I kind of mentioned to him, I said, it looks like a lot of fun. You know, I'm really excited to see that. And he goes, well, it's a lot of fun if you're watching it, but it's really a challenge to actually play in these practices. And as you'll see, uh, they're going to show some public practices. Chip Kelly is doing much like he did in Oregon. He has five quarterbacks playing simultaneous plays. And virtually, players are coming in. They don't even have a no-huddle offense because no-huddle offense often involves going right down to the end of the play clock. They're going to run two to three times as many plays as any team has ever run. And the question what will be whether this will be successful. And the Eagles' strategy is to have a lot of multi-purpose players. They've eliminated the, they've eliminated the fullback. They're going to have a lot of fast tight ends. So you might see three tight ends. And you might see tight ends um, take handoffs from the quarterback. You'll see running backs splitting out, catching passes. You'll see a lot of read option stuff. And virtually, the defense... The defensive coaches are really going to be pressed because they're not going to be able to make substitutions at all. They're going to have to have a versatile type of defense. And it's really going to be exciting. And I like innovation. And the question is, is Chip Kelly, you know, how's he going to do? Is he going to win early? Certainly as an Eagles fan, uh, I'm tired of three yards in a cloud of dust. I'm tired of, you know, predictability from Andy Reid. And I'm really happy to turn the page as we head into the uh, preseason, so to speak, exhibition season. Usually uh, the, the worst game of the year is the last exhibition game, usually Eagles-Jets where they play no starters. But I'm excited about Eagles training camp. want to give you a little update on the New York Jets. This is the time when Mark Sanchez invites everybody from the Jets to go out west, and they have a training camp they call Jets West. Interesting, Geno Smith was invited to attend, and he has declined. He certainly didn't say anything inflammatory. He didn't say much at all. But I think we're really, I think Geno Smith is looking to keep his distance from Sanchez, and I think he's really looking to take the starting 
quarterback job in the for the Jets. Also, former Detroit Lion head coach, Eagles offensive coordinator Marty Morningweg has been working close with Mark Sanchez. And again, I think it's good for Mark Sanchez to have a fresh start. And apparently um, they think they're, they're really making some progress. We'll find out, I guess, when we get to the season. One thing good about the offseason is that everybody's undefeated. But a little bit of excitement out of the Jets camp. What would a show be without a discussion of performance-enhancing drugs? The 400-pound gorilla at the All-Star break is the Tony Bosch situation in Miami. Essentially, a PED factory. And there were numerous names mentioned. The big names, Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Braun. There's rumor that Major League Baseball is going to try to hit those people, especially the two stars I mentioned, with a 100-game suspension. And they're trying to line up their ducks because once they do that, they know the baseball players union is very strong. And there's also a big push to have blood testing. Now, with blood testing, you'll be able to test for HGH, human growth hormone. And HGH is a very powerful anabolic substance, and you cannot detect it in urine tests. So the question is, is Bud Sealing going to have the guts to take on the scandal word came out this week and he's it's almost looking like he's taking a uh, he's taking a victory lap saying that they've made huge improvements but they still haven't approved blood testing for HGH in Major League Baseball and the big question will be what happens after the All-Star break is Major League Baseball going to come down on these players who are named by Tony Bosch there are mountains of evidence it's supposedly Every day that goes along, there's more and more evidence to support the steroid usage and very meticulous and detailed documentation of many of these Major League Baseball players who were seeing Tony Bosch, and he was prescribing them ways in order to hide and mask uh, drug screens as well as different substances which are anabolic. So we're going to follow this, and we'll be updating you on a weekly basis. So I want to thank all the listeners to Bruce the Sports Talk. I want to thank my co-host, Spetch of the Wizard. We're deep into the summer season. And we look at our numbers and we seem to be growing. And you guys have been very loyal. So listen to us on podcast. Tune in next week for the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Talk. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.